Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Yes, indeed. Here we are, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We've got Brad, we've got Jason G. Bush, and me. Jay is out. He is mourning the fact that the Panthers have cut Baker Mayfield. That's why Jay couldn't make it today. He was too depressed. Hiding under the covers. And I'll tell you something, guys. We'll get into the Browns' victory in just a minute, but we got to say, oh, you know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. I got to do this. Yeah, please. Everybody. What's happening? Moment of silence for Baker Mayfield's career. <laughs> <laughs> now, when Baker got traded to the Panthers, there were a number of Browns fans, G, who said they were becoming Panthers fans. Remember those people? Uh, yeah, all them. Now they're going to be fans of the waiver wire because he <laughs> is cut. He's going to the waiver wire. And I love all these tweets from all these geniuses. Going to San Francisco. Maybe he will go to San Francisco. I don't know. As if he's the answer with Jimmy G gone. Baker Mayfield is no good. He has not been good. No. Um, add that to another one. Um, there's people in this town um, that was just so enamored and loved him to death and his moxie and his determination and it was the shoulder. Bro, all of that, that don't get you no wins, bro. Now, in fairness, he did ask for his release and the right. Panthers are happy to oblige. Right. So it's not like they just... He did ask for it. Just right. want that. But out. that's like according to Jeremy Fowler, right? Is that who was? That's correct. Fowler. But they didn't think that's because they didn't think he was any good. They would have cut him. Right. right. They thought he was any good. I mean, I have been right. divorced once. Just because I asked for the divorce, don't mean my wife wanted to stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't that's like right. I had no options. She was like, no, I'm right. cool. I'm really cool with that. Cool. I'm telling you, he should be a high draft pick in the CFL. The uh, XFL, you go, you go. All right, the World League of American Football. He'll be on Big Noon Kickoff in three years. We know it. Let's get on to the Browns. Let's go on to the Browns. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to USFL route now. More quarterback news. Josh Dobbs signed with the Lions right now. As of the last three minutes, he's now on their practice squad. I, I didn't even realize the Browns had officially cut him. I thought they, they had. Well, you've been for that. Yeah, yeah, I thought they cut, cut him, but I like. I didn't even know why they released him. I like. This is not an NFL quarterback. That's why they released him. Well, that's true. There you go. That's true. Come on now. So all right. So stop playing with. So Baker's cut. I'd love to laugh about that for two hours. Of course, in typical Browns fans paranoia, I already got 10 tweets. He's going to go to the Niners and they're going to win the Super Bowl. Shut the hell up. The Niners ain't winning crap. And if they do, it's not because of Baker Mayfield. It's going to be because of some dope they drafted the last pick of the seventh round. All right, guys. Speaking of dopey quarterbacks, I don't know. I guess Deshaun Watson's not a dope. He's done some dopey things. And he played like crapola yesterday. But... The Browns still won the game. How do you score 27 points when your quarterback plays about as awfully as it can? You play the Houston Texans. That's how. It was a weird game, guys. You had the Browns score 14 points on defense. They scored seven points on special teams. Yeah. And they scored, what, six points? Two field goals. Two, Two field, field goals. goals. On offense. Their offense was outscored by Houston's offense, 12-6. If you're keeping score. <laughs> yeah. that, garbage to- that garbage time touchdown by Nico Collins. Put him, uh, put put him, him over the, the top. Put him over the top. It was a bizarre game. Yes. But in the end, G, you start us off here. The Browns got a victory. You know, first and foremost, I want to send a shout-out to the Kool-Aid gang. We still in it. Don't get it twisted. That 5-7, and seven, listen, that's two in a row if you count at home. The Kool-Aid gang is still in the building. But I will say this. Uh, that Kool-Aid was warm. 
Um, and we didn't have no ice cubes. Yeah, no cubes in it. There were no cubes in it. And, and, and no sugar. And, and we ran out, sugar. And we ran out of sugar, so we started using lemon Splendor. juice and honey. It just, it just did not taste the way I was on thinking there. Boy, that but I will say, there's a couple of things um yeah, where I looked it. at it. Get to it. I said, man, he he was skipping a rock to people. I thought he was playing rugby. Um <laughs> He, he did not look comfortable in the pocket, which is to be expected. I, I told people, I was sitting there last week and said, listen, there might be an opportunity where usually he's a guy that could move his feet, look downfield, and still guide it and kind of feel the pressure on, 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 without looking at it. You know, that's why they do those those drills where they hit him with the brooms and then throw stuff around. Yeah. But they want you to move your feet and keep your eyes downfield. He looked like your average mobile quarterback. Who, if something happens, I'm rolling out the pocket. If something happens, I'm looking to tuck and run. And I, I think the game was just really fast for him. Um, hopefully, uh, like most coaches say, the best time or most improvement you see is from week one to week two. Obviously, this is, you know, week, I don't know, seven, what, 14 or something for everybody else. Yep. But for him, you know, this is week two. Yeah. So you just hope he does what Jacoby Brissett did. Look progressively yeah. better after his first start. Jason, uh, some you know, every once in a while you'll see a car. It's a little rusty, a little is. big. There you go, right? There's, there's, a, there's a little bit of rust, but uh, the Deshaun Watson car was uh, covered in rust. I wrote it wasn't rust. That was rigor mortis. Yeah, it was ugly. We saw. It, was, it was. But listen, okay, let's start with the positives, right? Yeah. Jacoby Brissett looked unplayable against Carolina yep. in week one. And look how much better he got with a few more reps. Sure, of course. Looked significantly better in week two and then on and on and on and on and on. So, you know. Deshaun didn't even have – he had a little bit of a training camp in preseason, but that was a long time ago. He had three practices last week. That's it. That's it. Three. So, you know, with more practice time this week, you would hope next week – I mean, listen, obviously they have to be a lot better next week. G nailed it and everything that he said. He was skipping passes. He never looked comfortable in the pocket. The interception was awful. He never saw the safety, and the, the safety was just sitting on the route. I thought he had DPJ on a crossing route. If he could have held on to it for another second or two, he didn't have the time. There's a guy in his face on that. Uh, there's the play there. Is that the, that's the pick. Yeah. So it. yeah, you never saw. He saw it. So that's the type of things that you would hope would get cleaned up with with reps. I can tell you, I was in the locker room after the game. Nobody was concerned. Everyone kind of agreed and sort of grimaced, like, "Yeah, that was really bad." But nobody was concerned long term. Everyone still is fully confident that he is going to be the guy that we saw in Houston. And I had one player tell me, like, "Listen, even if it doesn't happen this year, like." We need to stop. Gee, I love you. We need to stop with the playoffs and the six and all. It's I, I'm not even in that game. It is not. It is not happening. And and I, I was talking to one player in particular after the game. It's like even if it's not you know playoffs this year, it's all about getting him ready so that next year there are no excuses and from day one this team's ready to go. By the way, by the way, even if the Browns do win out, which I don't think they here. will, go ahead. Uh, they still. Don't have a. It's still not a lock that they're going to make the playoffs, even if they win out, because they don't have tiebreakers over anybody but Cincinnati yeah. right now. Not. I heard you say you thought the, the the wild card was the best path. I think they have no shot at the wild I, card. I, I think the division is their only path. The and only I don't reason, even think that's a very. The good. only reason I say that is because the Bengals and Ravens already have eight wins. Yeah, right. I know. Right. And so, okay, so you know, now if Lamar misses the rest of the season, the that's Ravens it. could go one and four. Oh yeah, but. But they're still playing a soft schedule. And they still uh, got to catch the Bengals. And they still got to catch the Bengals. Now, but, uh, but Brad, did you see any positives well, from Watson? Well, well, or? Yeah, well Go first, ahead. I'm going to get my money off here, right? This mm-hmm. is you're welcome to keep it real radio. This yeah. is what this is about to be. <laughs> now, this dude's been out for, the shot has been out 700 days. Mm-hmm. 
And I like, and people's like thinking that he was going to walk back in here and roll out. He looked like a dude that been out 700 days. Yeah, right? he did. And then I, I thought about it yesterday. I thought about it just in, in this type of context. In football, that heat he got yesterday, people coming for your head, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot simulate that in practice. It's not happening, right? It's not happening at all, right? You got a red jersey on, or orange jersey on. Can't nobody touch you. Well, you can, the Texas was trying to touch you yesterday. This is why, I was, and, and the way he played, I don't think surprised me at all, right? And some of it is just the mechanics. You expect him to be that bad? No, I expect your mechanics to be bad, yeah, right? Okay. Because it's like this, bro. When I'm hooping and I'm in the flow, I'm rolling. Mm -hmm. You take me out of playing basketball for six weeks, six months, I'm gonna look like garbage right till I come back mm -hmm. because it's it's some mechanics here because he could see it in his mind. He wasn't trying to throw them balls in the dirt. <laughs> he don't have the mechanics to throw, throw yeah. it on the run like that. What I was happy about was this. He saw uh, chances uh, one play where he saw a chance to get up the field. He ran and he took a blow mm -hmm. and he got up from it. I like that's yeah. a positive sign. Yeah, like he saw something. This is going to get better. Right. It's not going to stay like this, but if you can just imagine you not writing for two years and go back and have to write wonderful and had to write a column. Could you be as long as Jason's still getting paid? He'd be happy about that crystal crystal point. Oh, yeah, right. It's not. Yeah, there's some repetition here, but the one thing I did see is this. We're going to stop talking about these playoffs, right? We plan for next year. That's what we plan. That's right. That's what that's why we plan him. I had this conversation with somebody last night. They were like, he's playing because we're not playing for this year. I got to get you ready for the next year. That's right. Right. This is where we are. Yeah, no doubt, guys. Listen, you can't play a worse game than Watson played. It was absolutely atrocious. He was awful. He was the lowest rated quarterback in week 13 outside of the dude from the Rams, Stafford's yeah. replacement. Right, right, right. I didn't see Matt Ryan's numbers last night after the game because I guess he was awful, so maybe yeah. he was worse. Or outside yeah. of Baker. Well, no, right. for week 13 quarterbacks, he right. was the lowest rated outside of the backup. Yeah. And in EPA, he was fourth lowest all year long. We it all, was really We bad. all saw it with our eyes. It was right? worse than we he thought was it terrible. was numbers wise. He was terrible. This will be his worst moment probably as a Browns quarterback. I There's a so. lot of, I don't think I think anybody like I heard there was somebody on the radio today, uh at not at my old station, but at another station, saying they should have benched him for Brissett. That's, oh, right. like, that's, that's, that's the dumbest insane. thing I've that's ever heard in my life. Yes. You are as Brad said, he's hundred percent right. Yeah, you're hoping against hope that you can still make the playoffs. It's, until you've been eliminated, you keep trying right, to make right. it. I get it. But the reality is you need to work him through these growing pains, rust. By the way, not only is it rust from 700 days, he's also playing with a new team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With a new coaching staff and, and new players. Line. And that's not an excuse. I mean, it's just a factor in the situation. So – He's going to have some. Uh, I think even at his best this year, he won't be what he's going to be hey, next hey, year. Bull, you got to work him through can that I ask stuff. You this is it yeah. me, or did it look like there was no real duress in Houston? It looked like the people in Houston had moved on. From they didn't us. care. They oh. didn't care. And it was the perfect team to play. <laughs> they they play. If he played that way against any other team, Gee, they lose. Nobody. So, so I, I thought it was more Deshaun Watson jerseys. I ain't talking about his family. No, no, yeah. it was more Deshaun Watson Guys, jerseys. It's going to be much worse in Cincinnati <laughs> this week. Much worse. I, I look at it like this. Sometimes when we, you, we talk about politics all the time, polls, you might as well not even listen to polls no more. The poll people be so, in, there was, there's going to be a red wave uh, or Trump has no, no chance to win. 
all of that was false. Like, either way, they'd be just so convoluted. I don't mind who you're talking to. And this is the thing during the whole Watson case or whatever. I felt like there were pockets of the media that were that had no pulse of what real people thought about it. And when you got there to Houston, they made it like, oh, this is going to be crazy. They, they're going to be a, a bunch of people protesting. Not only was that not the case, there was people lined up getting autographs before the game. I do think it'll be different in Cincinnati, though. Did you see the way that people, Texas the staff, fans don't the tech, the, here, I'll, I'll, I'll get away from the fans. Did you see how the staff and the Texans greeted him when he hit the floor? Did yeah. you see that? Oh, All the, I was like, well, of course the players don't care. The players have No, no, I'm not talking about the players. Yeah. Texas I'm talking staff. about the staff, yeah, yeah, yeah. the workers. A couple of the coaches uh, were hugging him on the field when yeah, he first came out with warm-ups. No, not I don't know surprise. why anybody would be surprised by that. Zach and I, Zach Jackson, of course, my partner with The Athletic, yeah. when we were walking to the stadium yesterday, we thought, well, let's walk through the tailgate lot and just try and get yeah. some colors, some scenery, see what's – no, there was no need. There was 30 people there. Like, I, you, I saw you those pictures. see them all. Nah, you could see nah, them all Jason, through the fence. You remember like, when LeBron walked in here the first day, you, you better stand over there like this in the corner. With your head, I'll yeah, yeah. nothing. But yeah. I can't blame the Texans fans. Their team is an all-time, like one of these, like the Browns were in 2016. It's an all-time bad team. Been, third year in a row, they've been terrible. It's not like, you know, yeah. this, this yeah. is, you know, this they're is horrible. one in 31 bad is what yeah. they're going through right It'll now. It'll be worse when he plays. They've got three more road games against teams that are at least, uh, certainly Cincinnati. They're playing at Washington, yeah. right? So And Pittsburgh's going to really right. have it. The, of course, the, in these situations, yeah. it's going to be a little crazier. You know, who knows what affected him? I, you know, yeah. he may have been feeling the pressure of the contract. Yeah. The pre- all these things played oh, yeah. a role. It's going to get better. I have, I, I think you'd be foolish to change your opinion long term on Deshaun Watson yeah. and Iota based on this one game, as bad as it was. Go back, go back to this. Cause I want to, I want to make sure we tap on this, right? Yeah. Some people in your profession. Oh boy! After that game. Now, he's already come out and said, listen, I just want to talk about football here, right? And so they asked him a question after the game. Do you have any remorse, right? Yeah. So he comes back, gives him a line, well, I'm not going to talk about that one, just talk about the game, right? I told you last week, there's people in your profession, right, that don't care. They're just straight smokes. That's all they are, right? They are. I'll give you a little bit of context when you're done. Go ahead. And I was like this. I was like, he just answered the question that he wasn't going to answer the question. Then somebody came... 10 seconds later and followed up with the same question, just rephrased it. Same person. It was, I'll tell you who it was. That was Jenny Vrentis, the reporter from Sports Illustrated, who wrote the, I'm sorry, actually she's with us now. She's not with us. She's with New York mm-hmm. Times. And she wrote the original story on all of the women. And so that's why, and she spoke to a couple of the uh, accusers prior to the game. And, and, and she was the one. And I, you know what? I thought, this was her chance to see him, obviously, in that environment. Go ahead and ask the question. Well, let me follow you around for a few days and figure out what you did because you've done something, too. Trust me and but, believe me. But you have. The right? only, well, again, she's the reporter who broke a major part of the story in the first place. That was her opportunity to see Deshaun. She wanted to see if he was going to say he was remorseful. He avoided the question. She gave him a second chance. I, don't, I personally don't have a problem with her asking. I don't have a problem with him saying he wasn't going to talk I about agree. it. I agree. I don't have a problem with it either. Th- this is what I have a problem with, right? Yeah. Aside from the facts, I don't know the facts. I just know what's out here. Yeah. Now, this is where I, this is where I fault the Browns at, right? Because what, what should have occurred was he should have said, okay, the rule is you have to be made available after the game, right? Okay, I'll make myself available under these conditions, right? 
the day that you ask me a question outside of these conditions, I'm leaving, right? And the Browns, this has not occurred. To, for the life of me, I don't know why this I just not don't, I don't think it was a big deal, honestly. I don't, well, she yeah. asked it. He said he wasn't going to comment, and that's well, yeah. it. But I said, well, this is going to go on every freaking no, I, I think, think it'll, it will. It'll be less really and less and less as the weeks go by. Let's see if it goes on Cincinnati. Every other team has to deal with that. Like, when, when you have a situation like that, when Michael Vick came back, when you know, when all these other guys Again, have had off-the-field well, problems. Well, well, I'm going to just say this, and yeah. I don't, don't want to get, yeah. get sideways on this thing, but it always seems to occur to people of color. It always does, right? I don't see him chasing Britt Favre down. Well, I think Roethlisberger had answered quite a few of these questions. Yeah. Again, I don't see him chasing Brett Favre down. I ain't going well, back. Favre's not in the public eye. I, 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 I will. I will say um, they've done it with. They've done it like years after Kobe, right? Years after Kobe, they'll say Kobe Bryant's four-time champion. Uh, Los Angeles Laker, one of the greatest 75 players of all time, but we also have to mention that he was accused of sexual assault. And you, 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 you I, like, I don't. I mean, that everybody loved Kobe, but the end. I think that was barely a footnote. But by but, the end. But but my thing is, why would you? Yeah. Why would you mention that? Like that's not a. That's not a thing. He was acquitted of that. I mean, who mentioned it though? I, I don't. Gail King. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that doesn't really get mentioned. That yeah. Gail King is one of the biggest. Uh, Gail King is one of the biggest journalists. Yeah. So in the game. So my my whole thing is is this, in in, in G and our community, there's yeah. a perception out here that this is how this flows. Right. And it's more normal. I mean, it's more times than not. That's how the perception is. The second thing, and until the Browns get a handle on how they're going to run the operation here. This is going to occur because right. you're not going to stop sports because once somebody get a bead on it, but I think they want to here. Let me. Brad, I don't think it's anything to do with the Browns, though. I well, think it would be. Well, no, any, no, I'm yeah. saying, look, the Browns have to give the rules of engagement here. What are we doing here, right? Because I'm going to tell you what, Bull. You know this business. Yeah. When somebody get a bead on you, they're not going away to because somebody want the answer. You're going to answer this question. But for he's me. not. But he didn't. I think he. I personally and think so he handled it the right did, way. So I so do I. But I'm saying. That does not stop the people from saying, okay, right. I'm going to get this answer from you, right? Unless there's new allegations that come out, I really think, I, and I live in this world, I think yesterday was the last you're going to hear of that because it was already less. Thursday was a few, and he said, I'm not going to answer those. It was a handful, but not many. A lot mm -hmm. of them were football-related. Yesterday, in that environment, being back in Houston, the accuser, that we, we know all the – it was right. just that one, and it was three. And I don't falter at all for asking it. I think she was there to ask it. But she's not, and and she's not going to follow him to every game and ask this. I, I really think that that line of questioning, because he's made clear he's not going to answer I mean, it. I think it ended yesterday. And to the, but but to, the, to the operation of yeah. the way the Browns handled it, yeah. I actually thought they did a good job with it yesterday. Because listen, you should have seen the room. I wish I could describe it. It was like this tiny. It's always tiny on the road. It's like this ten by ten, twelve by twelve room, real small, and it's just packed with people. And actually, I thought the Houston media should have asked him, why did you ask for a trade? Like, none of that even came up. That wasn't even addressed. They moved on. But, but that was their chance to see him they, and to ask him. That has on. never been asked of him in Houston. That was yeah. their chance, and they, and they didn't ask him. Because they moved on. But, but with the Browns, in terms of how they handled how yesterday went, I thought they did a nice job. Because normally, you're just shouting questions in a postgame. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about something I don't know about. Do you remember when Jordan was being accused of the gambling thing? Mm -hmm. Yes. The Bulls snatched that right out there. Not answer no questions. It was a different time. No, but 
it's the way yeah. that the organization sets the rules of engagement I, but what, here. To me, if the Browns had said you can't ask that question, that's worse. Absolutely. No, not, I think it's worse. They're not saying that you can't ask it. Yeah. Here, he's, he, a, he's, he's a grown the, man. He's a grown man that has the right to say, but, Absolutely. I am not doing this. But, and the if you can't do this but the team can't prevent you from asking. No, Brad, but, I'm he, saying, but if you do this, I'm walking right out the door. Here's what I here's what I would say, and I, I love your response after from everybody. Uh, in case you didn't know, I'm not black. Okay, I, I'm not. Dude. I mean, it comes as a surprise. Breaking so. news. I'm <laughs> not <Bill black>. is <laughs> white. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I that I understand the black experience in America. I'm not going to be a phony, okay? Um, so I, I don't know. I certainly think that racism rears its ugly head a lot more often than other people think it does, okay? And when all the owners of football teams and most owners of large companies are white, that certainly plays a factor, mm-hmm. no doubt. Does that mean everybody's every? Rich white guys are racist? Of course not everyone is. But it's reasonable to think that some are. And at the very least, that subconsciously they're used to being around white people and things like that are going to happen. Is there racism in in coverage in the media? Of course course that's a factor. Of course that's a factor. In my opinion, in this particular case, and I could be wrong, I think if Deshaun Watson were white, I think it would. I think people that n- most of the media coverage would be the same. I, I'm, I'm admitting I could be wrong, but I think in this particular case, the majority of the people looking for the stories—not all, but the majority—I think it would be handled the same way. I understand if you feel differently. No, I don't blame but, them for asking the question. That's what they're there to do. What I don't, what I, what I, what I take issue with from this standpoint is that. It seemed to me, from the outside, it's just a free-for-all here, right? When he walks into that room, what are the rules of engagement when he walks into the room? Is it a free-for-all? No, that's what I was starting to explain. So what happened was uh, the room is packed with far more people than is usual on a road media availability. And so the way the Browns handled it was instead of just 50 people shouting out, I'm just going to call on you. So they did control it from that perspective because if they didn't call on you, you can't get a question off. Right. And the way that they handled it, which I, I thought they did a good job with this, the first five or six questions were directed to Cleveland media because it was going to be, they knew that it was going to be about the game. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can't ignore the other half of the oh. room. So then they took a couple Houston questions, and then they called on Jenny knowing full well what her question was going to be. But you have to give her that opportunity to ask that question. He's a grown man. He can handle it any way he sees fit. And I thought he handled it well. He answered it well. And then we moved on. And that was that. But I liked the way that they handled it. They kept control of the situation. So it wasn't just everyone shouting questions all at once. We got the football side of it. We got the Houston component. Jenny was able to ask her question. We went back to football and everybody and went and home. And I'll just say this. that I, I'm a guy that's been in the locker room, mm-hmm. right? And I know how it's supposed to be handled. That's not how it was supposed to be handled. I would just tell you that. It's not how it's supposed to be handled at G. all. G. Bush, last point. Then we're going to get back to the game. We'll talk yeah. a little DPJ and some defense. Yeah. Last, so, last point on this. We'll get back to football. So, so yeah, this is this is a, a great uh, analogy, and I want to see how many people resonate with this. If I – I mean, you can count me as a – I guess I'm in the media. I guess I'm – if they say, G. Bush, you're going to interview Joe Biden today. Get an opportunity to, to interview the president. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting my notes prepared and all the great questions I could ask him 
Um, are you going to serve a second term? What are your thoughts on, you know, uh, North Korea, immigration, inflation, all those good, good, good questions, right? But I get my one shot, my one opportunity to talk to him, but I ask him about sexual assault allegations that happened, I don't know, what, 10 years, 12 years ago? For me, I don't think any journalist would do that, right? Because the reason why they say they wouldn't do it is because there's a lot more relevant information that I'd like to ask you. I wouldn't waste my one question on something that I, I could, can tell. I probably won't get an answer that I want. And I don't, and that answer to me is, 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 is not even really relevant to what I'm talking about today. Now, granted, what he's going through and Deshaun Watson is his first game back is relevant. However, after he's already done talked about it two to three days and he shut everybody else down, me as a journalist, I would try to find another creative way in order to ask a question that I felt he would literally answer. Because it, it, it seems like you're throwing a question away because he's not going to answer it. So why not come up with something different? All right, let's leave it there. Obviously, we could talk about this all day, but let's leave it there because we've spent time talking about Deshaun Watson and his poor performance. But ultimately, the Browns won the game. It was a weird game. The defense played well. Guys, in my opinion, uh, now, it's the NFL. It's not college. So, a win is a win, right? That's all that matters in the, in the small sense. But in the bigger picture, I'm not convinced that the Browns' defense has been fixed. Hmm. I think the Texans have one of these teams that you see every five, ten years, right. like you saw with the Browns five, six years ago. It's just – they have like five good players on the whole roster. They're a horrible team. And that doesn't mean the, the Browns might not play good D against the Bengals as they did earlier in the year or the rest of the season. But I, for me, I can't read that much into what their defense did. Even though it played well, I can't read in that much into it going forward. Brad? Well, you know, I, I think yesterday game was a throwaway game. I wasn't expecting much, much, much out of Texans, and they did not disappoint. Yeah. But Sunday... Burrow. Yes. That's, you, that, you that's, said, gonna, that's, that's it. That's going to be your test. That's yes. it. Right? That's, that's gonna, it. Because Burrow <laughs> asked Mahomes about Burrow yesterday. He was on his he was on his business yesterday. Right. So now you won't catch Cincinnati playing at a at a high clip. Right. Right. Chase back with right. Nixon back. It's everybody here. Right. And don't forget the comment Chase said about uh, uh, Newsom and uh, and uh, Denzel early mm -hmm. in the season. So this is going to be full tilt here on this weekend. Right. So we're gonna need everybody. The D's gonna need to show up. Uh, Watson can't look like he looked yesterday. The run game can't be like it was yesterday. The offensive line of getting overpowered can't look like that. This is gonna yeah. be a game here. If you have any chance to talk about a division run here, you gotta have this game on Sunday. Jason, the defense specifically. Yeah. Do you read anything out no. of the performance against the Texans? I mean, I, I can't do much on a football field, but I could have picked that ball up and ran in the end zone <laughs> like Denzel Ward could. Easy right, money. Right? The interception by John Johnson was that was it's a like fluke he play. Did anything. Yeah, that was a fluke play. Really, yeah. he got beat on the on the route. Yeah, and the ball popped up in the air, and he just happened to, yeah. to be there to catch it. So, I mean, Kyle Allen's not really an NFL quarterback. He no, he's not. Terrible. The uh, the Texans' offense is terrible, and that's not to take anything away from the Browns. You did what you were supposed to do. Congratulations, gold star in the box. Like that's what you're supposed yes, to do. Absolutely, and you did it. You let this the de the defense has let this team down so many times this year. It's so many different turns. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett was probably standing there going, "Where was this when I was yeah, out there?" Right, right. So. So, yeah. I mean, you have to factor that in the fact that Tampa Bay just cannot run the ball this year. So, you – Their and back is really good, but they – that Damian Pierce is really good. Yeah. 
Tampa? Is not, Pierce, oh, Tampa. Pierce. I'm sorry. Yeah. Damian no, 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 Pierce. No, no, no. I'm, going back, I'm sorry. I'm going He's back to player. That's well, all, well, all they got. Well, White was running the ball well, too. And the first drive, and they, yeah, left, they went away. They from, I'm away. just saying. Yeah, Tampa hasn't all year. I'm right. reserving judgment on where this defense really right. stands until these next two weeks. These next two weeks, although with Lamar being out, that changes some things. Yeah. But certainly this Sunday against Cincinnati is going to tell us an awful lot about where they stand. Yeah. They did what they were supposed to do yesterday. I still don't believe they have any defensive tackles on the roster. Nope. No. And if they fix that, it will clean up a lot of the other well, issues that we've been screaming about. It's kind of late to fix it now. Well, it is. I'm not even talking about this year. I'm not even talking about this year. Gee, what about you on the defense? You, you know what? I'm, this is this is a hard thing for me because I'm telling people to drink this 16-0 Kool-Aid, but even if in the, in, the, in the small area where they would go 16-0 with a small chance, that means that the defense probably played decent. And that means there's a decent chance that they might not get rid of Joe Woods. And that hurts my soul. <laughs> I don't want no parts of that. I, if I could lose, if I could win and he could still be up out of here, I love it. But I will tell you this. I got to give credit where credit is due. I saw something very innovative. I might have skipped people's mind, but I saw some innovation. And I was like, oh, he, he might have figured something out here. When Miles Garrett... I've always thought Miles Garrett is about 285. Uh -huh. I've always thought his next evolutionary step was three technique. Miles Garrett could play tackle. Yeah, I saw him line up. And he was lining up as a stand up three technique. And at the snap of the ball on obvious pass downs, they tell him, you got a two way go. You can, you can jab here, you can come back underneath. You can hit a step back move. Just play basketball with that guy right there. Just he can't guard you. And on them plays, Miles Garrett was giving these dudes. He was just he was just unblockable. He's just giving jab steps. I'm over the top. You can't stop me. I was this play right here. The play right here. They showed that picture. He had gave, he had already given this dude a move. He had hit this dude in the back of the head. I'm like, this dude, is, this is crazy. G. Bush, he pulled the Euro step on the defensive line. He pulled the Giannis Antetokounmpo Euro step through two offensive linemen. It was absurd. And he's a freak of nature athlete. It makes Man, no sense. He, he just thinks that no other human on Mikey, earth can do. Mikey gave him the Euro. He gave him the Euro. He, he, he did. He hit him nobly. Next week we'll show us. Is there a real? Can you have a real conversation about yes. the playoffs? Yes. If yeah. you can, if they win next week, then we can have a nope, real conversation. No, two weeks. If you, they you got to be Baltimore too. If you, I'm get, not, I'm not entertaining any but, nonsense playoff good, talk. But I'm saying, until they win if the they next beat two. the Bengals and Lamar's not playing, I think they'll they'll beat the Baltimore. law. Uh, the the law of, of exchange theory, according to G. Bush, says if the Bengals beat the Chiefs. And then you come back and you beat the Bengals at home. That to me means I just beat the Chiefs and the Bengals. No, that's not how it works. That's how it works. That's not right, how guys. it works. Six well, and Kool Aid works that way. Yes, sir. Get back to five hundred. By the way, we'll get it back to five hundred. We'll be going to OT at the end of this show, and that's exclusively for members, Mikey McNuggets. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ohio State finding themselves Ooh, in college football. I have playoffs. my foot on it. Right this, in that back door. How is this not on Stop the rundown? Because how this is this? the kind of content that people need, they crave. And you know what? Sometimes you got to make sure the premium content is the premium content. It's yeah. going to be Man. for the coaches here, overtime exclusive. We had so much to show and watch and stuff to talk about, G. We didn't want to take away from the core of our show, which is the Browns. So we're going to get all the Sean Watson stuff in for $4.99. You can become a member. That's the overtime segment today. But you know what's free? Tim Couch, our good friend, the quarterback extraordinaire. Tim, what's up, man? What would you think of the Sean Watson yesterday? 
Hey, what's up, guys? Um, you know, pretty much what you guys are saying, you know, just like I, I thought last week that Deshaun would, would be a little rusty, and he was. You know, I think, you know, we saw him throwing balls at people's feet. Uh, it looked like to me like he was he was kind of aiming the ball, just trying to – he was, like, overcautious. He wasn't just trying to come out and let the ball go. He didn't feel great about, um, uh, you know, the, the rhythm of the game, the speed of the game. It looked like he was rushed a little bit. Uh, and he made some errant throws and, uh, you know, a couple errant reads. But, you know, they got the win and, um, you know, the, def the defense did what they had to do. Special teams got a touchdown. Defense had two touchdowns. So, uh, you know, a win is a win, but uh, a, lot, a lot of room for growth for Deshaun. Can you – I was just asking these guys, Tim. Can you – like the Texans, like the Browns were, uh, you know, we, we see these teams every few years that are just – they're a new level of bad. Like the Texans are hideous. They're, they're an awful, <laughs> awful football team. Can you take any – Thing from how the Browns defense played against the Texans or do you got to throw it away and, because they're just so bad it doesn't mean that much what do you, what do you think yeah you know I, I think like just like you said I think that that one's tough to judge you know the Texans are, are are down right now they don't have any explosive players the offense is really struggling quarterback isn't playing well for them so you know you kind of really throw it away but you know the defense you know you get two touchdowns on that side of the ball that's always impressive uh, you know, in an NFL game. So, uh, you know, they got points in other areas. Obviously, uh, you know, they're going to have to score a lot on offense this coming week against uh, Burrow and uh, and the Bengals are playing uh, really good football right now, putting up a lot of points. They got a lot of great weapons. So Deshaun is going to have to really make a big step from his first game to his second game to, to be able to stay on the field with Burrow because, you know, like I said, they're going to put up points and it's not going to be a, you know, you, get, you can't, you know, depend on your defense to go out and stop those guys and get turnovers and, and get points on that side of the ball. You have to go out offensively and uh, kind of match the Bengals, um, you know, touchdown for touchdown. And uh, he's going to have to find a way to put the ball in the end zone. Hey, Tim, you're a golfer, right? Yeah, so yeah, for sure. If you hadn't golfed in a year, right, and went back yeah. out on the golf course and you wanted to right. tee that ball up, you know how rugged that is when you hadn't golfed for a while, right? That's how he looked yesterday. Struggle. Like he had golfed exactly in a long time, right? And, yeah. and I can see yeah. in his mind, he could see things yeah. in his mind, but his body was like, no, we're not ready to do that yet. We just we working on putting right now. That's where we are. So how does he That's correct exactly that? How does was, he correct Brad, that in a week? You know, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I think it's going to take some time. You know, I think it's it's just a matter of getting those game reps. You know, I'm, I'm sure Deshaun put in you know a ton of work and you know while he was off, but you know you know working with quarterback coaches throwing the ball, but there's just no way to to emulate a pass rush and you know pressure and um, you know having to make throws on the run and. Guys at your feet, uh, you can't step into throws, you know, just have to deliver the ball from different platforms. It's there's really no way to to practice that other than be out on the field playing in a real game. So it's just going to take some time for Deshaun. And I totally agree with what you said, Brad. He, you could see that he was processing the information correctly. The ball just wasn't getting to where it needed to be. You know, the throws that he's used to making were one hopping into guys. Uh, you know, he, the one I remember specifically, they did a little zone read action. He tried to pick it up and throw a little quick slant. Uh, you know, just for a little five, six yard game, and it hit the guy in the knees. So, uh, you know, the, he, he made a couple of head scratching throws, uh, and it's just uh, it's just a matter of getting getting in there, getting back in the timing and the rhythm and the offense, and getting hey, used to the speed of the game again. Hey Tim, if we were on the golf course, you'd be hearing a lot of this out there. Four. <laughs> oh, there's no question. There'd be a lot yeah. of fours out there. People need to put helmets on if you have to play them there. <laughs> hey, Tim, let me. I'm gonna defer to your knowledge on this because sometimes I'm just. I'm just a, I'm just a mid-American conference defensive end. That's all I am. I'm just trying to make it out here. But for me, you tell me if I'm, I'm writing this. To me, when the Browns, and this has been for four years, when the Browns get in shotgun, 
the most people believe shotgun is an easier uh, a position and formation to throw the football, right? But mm-hmm. now that I watch, I, I'm starting to think different. I'm starting to think that play action and under center throws are easier because there's a threat of the run. When you're in shotgun, I think the Browns are something like 75% pass, or excuse me, 75% passing shotgun. They don't really run it well out of shotgun. So sometimes I'm looking at it from a perspective of people say, well, put him back in a shotgun and let him do what he did at Clemson. But I think to me, I think it's harder in the NFL to throw the ball out of shotgun because they know what it is when it, when that's happening. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with that to a certain extent. You know, I think, you know, if you're on first and second down passing when it's kind of, you know, uh, the down and distances where you can, you can run the ball or throw the ball, I do prefer to be under center because, like you said, it does give, you know, you, you can do play action. You can do so much more in the run game off of that. You know, when you're in shotgun, you're pretty much limited to a few little runs. Um, you know, your playbook shrinks a little bit in, as far as the run game goes. But, you know, if it's a clear throwing down, if it's third and seven and you got to have it, you know, I, I prefer to be in that shotgun. It gives you a little clearer picture as a quarterback. You can kind of see the defense a little better if you step back away from it. And, um, you know, you just uh, – so so there's benefits to, to both. You know, I do think you do have to find that balance there, though, and keep, uh, keep teams guessing a little bit. Uh, you know, if you're going to line up and throw it 75% out of shotgun, that's pretty easy to determine. Uh, you know, when you get in that formation, it's probably going to be passed. So, uh, you know, I, I love the play action stuff. I think Deshaun is, is really good at that as well. Uh, you know, I think he feels comfortable uh, being under center. You know, a lot of quarterbacks these days, they played in these systems in high school where it's all spread and it's all shotgun and they don't even know how to take snaps from center. Uh, how to do three-step drops, five-step drops, seven-step drops. You know, it's kind of a lost art uh, as far as the quarterback position goes. But I think Deshaun is really good at that. I think he feels comfortable in that play action game. And, uh, you know, obviously with Chubb in there, it's, it's very, uh, it, it's a good weapon to have, you know, to be able to play fake it to somebody like that. You're going to get a lot of draw from the defense and hopefully get some big plays down the field. So let's say you lost your mind and took the job as Brown's quarterbacks coach and left the glamorous life that you have. <laughs> what would you say, how would you coach Deshaun this week? And what would you tell him to get him ready to coming off of that performance and getting him ready for Cincinnati? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, I think there's, uh, you know, I'm sure they're having those talks in the meetings right now. Um, you know, for me, I would probably just tell him to, you know, try to relax. You know, I know you can't go out there and prove that you're Deshaun Watson and you're fully back in one throw. Uh, you know, just let the game come to you. Don't be afraid to take these check downs. Let's get him going with some screen passes. Let's get him, you know, hopefully Najoku is back this week. Uh, you get some easy throws to the tight end. Once you start feeling, uh, getting, seeing the ball get complete, it's like a free throw shooter. You know, you see the ball go through the net. If you're struggling shooting one night or you get an easy layup or you get some free throws to go in, you start seeing it go in, you start getting confidence and you start feeling like, okay, I, 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 I'm, I'm back now. I, I can start throwing balls. I can start completing passes again. So I would get him as many easy completions as I could, especially early on in those first 15 plays in the script. Uh, easy throws, nothing where he's going to have to hold the ball, not taking negative plays and sacks. So, uh, you know, the coaches have to really, you know, focus on that and getting him uh, comfortable within the game. And as the game goes on, hopefully he starts to feel, you know, more like himself and he can start to, we can start to see the accuracy come back a little bit. Tim, we talked about this on our post-game show yesterday, but we grade everything here. We grade performances, we grade seasons. I gave Watson a D for his performance yesterday. Bull gave him an F. G gave him a C. I'm curious. Right, come on. How would you grade Deshaun C, Watson in his C first minus. He gave him a C minus. C minus. <laughs> excuse me. G Bush gave him a C minus. How would you grade Deshaun Watson's first performance as a Cleveland Brown starter? 
Yeah, I'm probably more in that C, C minus area, I think. Um, you know, I thought he was seeing the field well. You know, I think he was going to the right spot with the ball. It just wasn't getting there. And, you know, I really wasn't too surprised about this. You know, I said, you know, last week, you know, a guy who's not hasn't played in two years and you're trying to step back out on the NFL field and play. Um, you know, thankfully, he was playing against the Texans. If, you know, he was playing against a really good defense, this would have looked awful. Uh, but they were able to make a few plays. Um, here and there, and you know, you saw flashes of Deshaun Watson. You saw, like, you know, he threw a couple of nice balls on crossing routes and things like that. But I thought he was seeing the field well. He looked like he, you know, understood the offense. He was in command of the offense. Now you just want to start seeing what we're what we're used to seeing from him out on the field. And, then, and you know, like I said, it's just going to take time. It's going to take reps. So it's just going to be a process all season long and getting his feet back underneath him. The Donovan Peoples Jones punt return for touchdown. Tim was obviously big because the Browns were losing the game. As as well as if you were down five nothing, and you know they get that touchdown there by by DPJ. It was a you're looking at me like I'm crazy, Jason. No, no, I'm correct. Did I have that wrong? No. Okay, so yeah, that was their first That's touchdown. Wasn't look. It? I'm like doubting myself that that was their first touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean his performance as a return guy. I mean he just seems to get better every week. Last year he was very shaky as a return guy, but he's been so much better this year. He has, you know, that, that was a huge play in the game. Uh, you know, we haven't had a punt return in a long time for a touchdown that I can remember. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it was a, a big a big play at a big point in the game. It kind of got the momentum going back in the Browns' direction. Uh, he's come a long way as a wide receiver as well. You know, I yep. think he's uh, he's obviously a super talented guy. And, uh, you know, he, he really has stepped up this year. You know, you kind of wondered where that production was going to come from other than Amari Cooper, which one of these receivers was going to step up and, and kind of take a little pressure off of Amari. And I think Dominic Peoples-Jones has done a great job of that. He's a reliable guy. He makes tough catches. Uh, and he's good with the, he's good with the ball in his hand, run after catch. So he's coming along nicely as a player, and I'm certainly excited about his future. Yeah, Peoples-Jones, I think the, Tim, the, the punt return aspect of his game is really what has enabled his confidence to grow. And that has translated yeah. over to as a receiver. You look at him, he got 600-plus yards. He, I mean, he's on the door. He's on the, he's knocking on the door of 1,000-yard receiving. He get in these last five games. He get out these last five games. He'll be knocking on 1,000 yards, which you think about it. Before, we were talking about he was invisible. He was on a milk carton. And mm-hmm. not on a milk carton anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's playing well. Absolutely. Tim, when you're looking at uh, a defense, how do you grade defensively? How can you tell the difference between they're figuring this out and no, they're just playing a team of walk-ons? Yeah, I think you have to look at the fundamentals. You know, how are they tackling? You know, how are their pursuit angles? You know, are they getting pressure on the quarterback? Are they creating turnovers? Those, those kind of things that, you know, you want to look for. And I, I see a more disciplined team over the last few weeks. You know, early in the season, we saw a lot of blown coverages, a lot of miscommunication on the back end and the secondary. I'm seeing less and less of that as the season goes on. So that, that's certainly encouraging. Uh, you know, I see better tackling. You know, the tackling was absolutely horrendous in the first few weeks of the season. Uh, so I see I see guys, you know, wrapping up a little more, taking better angles, getting more hats to the football. So I, I see improvement. I, I certainly do. Uh, you know, it was, uh, they had nowhere to go but up because those first few weeks were just uh, – just absolutely horrendous, uh, you know, especially late game situations, crunch time situations. They're they're starting to uh, communicate better, and everyone trying to get on the same page a little more. Tim, I think this this is a game where this is the, the well, if you want to talk about going six and zero, I think you'll figure out if that's real or not right here. Um, yeah. What type of game do they have to play against uh, the the Bengals to to make that a reality? Obviously, coming off the Chiefs game, um, you know, what do they have to do, or, or do what, what what type of shot do they have? against the Bengals. 
Well, I think they have a good shot. You know, I think you, the Browns have had a lot of good history against Joe Burrow. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think Burrow's ever beat the Browns uh, in his career. I may be wrong on that, but I know he struggled a little You're bit right. against the Browns. You're right. Yeah, so, so you know, you got to feel confidence in that, that, uh, you know, they have a good game plan for him for whatever reason each time they play him. Uh, you know, he is a division opponent, so, you know, they see him, they know his game, they know their offense well, so they can come up with a game plan to hopefully slow him down a little bit. Obviously, you got to slow down those wide receivers who are, who are great. He's got, he's got playmakers all over the field. They'll probably get Mixon back for this game as well. Uh, so, so they're an explosive team, man. They're a great offense. And, you know, so you have to match that offensively. You know, the Browns have to, you know, find a way to put some points on the board. they got to get some explosive plays in the passing game. It can't just be Nick Chubb out there. It has to be some guys – you know, stepping up and, uh, you know, creating some big plays in the past game, putting points on the board. And obviously it has to be a big jump from uh, what, what they did against the Texans yesterday. Uh, it's going to have to be a much better offense, offensive performance if they're going to stay on the field with the Bengals. Tim, do you, um, I'm sure you've thought about this a million times, but somebody asked me about this on Friday, so I just wanted to run it by you because it was about you. I had a fan ask me on Friday how good a, couch, how good a career Tim Couch would have had had he played for a better franchise. Do you, I mean, how often do you, do you still think about that to this day? Like what, you know, obviously you had a long, you had a career in the NFL, you know, and, and, but if you played for a better franchise, we've seen it with other players, you, you know, who knows? You never know what would happen, I guess. Do you think about that a lot or or what do you think would have happened? Had you played for a better franchise? I try not to, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, but, you know, I think, I think certainly, you know, I have to believe that, you know, in a better situation, my career would have been a lot longer, you know, being coming into the league as a number one pick in the draft. Uh, you know, I, I certainly thought I thought I would still be maybe just kind of retiring right now. I thought I would be a 15 to 20 year player in the league. You know, I was when I, I love the game so much. They would have had to, like, take me out on a cart. I wanted to play so long. That's all I do. It's, it's who I am. I am. A, I'm a football player. And that's all I knew and all I ever wanted to be. So, you know, I think in a better situation, I think anybody that looks at the 1999 expansion Cleveland Browns can say that's a horrible situation for any quarterback to be placed in. And not many guys are, you know, if any, could have success long-term in that situation. You know, the Browns still really have a talent answer uh, at that position. Hopefully they have now in Deshaun. But, you know, it's just kind of been a struggle there for whatever reason. So, you know, certainly I look at it and think about it from time to time. If I would have been, you know, with this guy or that guy, you know, Andy Reid had the uh, second pick in the draft that year and took Donovan McNabb at uh, Philadelphia. You know, if I would have just fallen into that, you know, that would have, you know, probably been a better situation for me. But, you know, at the end of the day, I always wanted to be a Brown. I grew up close to Ohio here in Kentucky. So I grew up watching Bernie Kosar and those great teams. And I wanted to be part of that, you know, that history and that tradition. And, uh, you know, just, just wish it was a little better, better situation for me. What is your relationship with, like with Bernie these days, by the way? We had dinner, G and I had dinner with him yeah. and, and, and Leroy Horde recently. And, we love just getting a chance to chit chat with Bernie. What's your relationship like with him? Uh, we have a great relationship, actually. We talk all the time. Uh, you know, we got to do the pre- the Browns preseason games a few years ago. We were working together on that. So, uh, Bernie's uh, he's uh, I've known him since you know I first got to Cleveland. So over twenty years now, he's kind of he's been a mentor to me and somebody I would always bounce a lot of questions off of. So I have nothing but respect for Bernie and uh, you know appreciate his friendship. And I'm glad we're still uh, still able to be close after all these years. Speaking of former Browns quarterbacks, Baker asked for and received his release today from the Panthers. He'll get to choose his next team. What would you tell him? How would you counsel him on where to go from here? Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. First of all, that's, uh, you know, I just uh, didn't know that. But I, right. I think if I had to tell Baker anything, it would be, you know, make sure you go into the right situation uh, for you. You know, I think he's, 
he was in a really good situation in Cleveland with a lot of talent around him. Um, you know, he just unfortunately had a lot of injuries there in his last year. But, you know, he had that team going in the right direction. From when he got there, when he took over, you know, it was a team that hadn't won a game or maybe won one game in the previous uh, couple of years, and he got them to the playoffs. So, you know, he did some impressive things in Cleveland. But, you know, it was just so up and down and so inconsistent. You know, I would tell him just to, you know, go to a place where you're going to be surrounded by as much talent as possible because, you know, I think Baker can still play at this level. I think he's a good quarterback, uh, but he has to be in the right situation. He has to have a lot of weapons around him, as most quarterbacks do. You know, I think he has to have the right system, uh, you know, those kind of things. So, you know, certainly be selective about where you go and, um, you know, try not to, to lose confidence. You know, I know it's tough. You know, I was I went around to a couple teams as well. Uh, you know, when you're the number one pick in the draft, like Baker was as well, and you get cut uh, from your from your team that drafted you, it's 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 pretty humbling thing, you know. And then you go to a situation like Carolina, where it wasn't ever everyone knew that wasn't going to be a good fit for him. Um, you know, it's, you kind of have to swallow a little pride and uh, you know check your ego a little bit and kind of take a step back and realize you have to work your way back up to this. So just get in the best situation possible, get yourself healthy, and uh, and try to make another run at uh, you know being a starting quarterback in this league. Tim, we appreciate the time. As wait, well. wait, wait. I, oh, got, I got one more thing for Tim. Yeah. Tim, in a one-word answer, what's the one most important skill a quarterback can have? Is it anticipation, reading a defense? Like, what's, what's the one most important thing? And I'll show you where I'm going with this in one second. Yeah, probably uh, – probably, pro- I mean, I can't put it into one word, but just pro- <laughs> processing. You know, it's processing information. How quickly can you process information? Okay. Well, I'm going to translate that to being a producer here. You've been on the show every week since we started. This is the crispest your shot has ever looked, which means you definitely got the iPhone 14 Max Pro for Christmas last week. Are you using a different device? Is it the iPhone 14 Max Pro? If so, I'm leaving. I need to race, Steve. It is, it is the 14 Max Pro. I was using my computer. For whatever reason, my computer wouldn't work today, so I had to throw my phone on there. Yeah. So, well, how can it be for Christmas? Christmas hasn't happened yet. Well, it came early, but the shot, that yeah. new camera on the 14 Max Pro is apparently better than, like, our cameras in the studio. Look how crisp Tim is. It is pretty crisp. It's unbelievably right. crisp. We need to set these cell phones up. Can yeah. we get a cell phone tower in here? <laughs> Let's go. I've been trying to get one. They're on back order until, like, yeah. February. Well, our now, internet so sucks in here, too. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. All right. Thanks, guys. See you All next right, week. Tim.